We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sure you do, because you come back for it. Hope you had a super weekend. It's Russell and Medhurst on a Monday morning right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Maddie's on the other side of the glass. As always, be courteous and kind when you call in and say hello to him this morning. We'll talk to you at our leisure, not yours, but we appreciate the call. 301-230-0980. Touchdown at 10. Jay Gruden stops by. Rumors. Fun things to talk about, but nothing substantial involving the commanders later on in the program as well. And for those of you that love to criticize NFL officiating, that's great. We're all good at it. The question is, how do you solve those issues a championship sunday marred by the zebras mr russell good morning to you good morning pedro yes indeed it was uh what a shame as usual um now the one game obviously i don't think any blown call per se would have mattered in terms of the final result because of other things that happened but certainly you could make an argument an argument that three eagles touchdowns were scored because of at least calls that Kyle Shanahan strongly disagreed with and they were all or or should have had an objection with strongly disagreed with had a problem with fans and media on Twitter had a problem with again we we we're going to get into that game but that was the less juicy of the two games mm-hmm. obviously Kansas City Cincinnati was an awesome game in terms of competitiveness, back and forth, great theater, great drama, right down to the final gun as, I don't want to say as always, but as you normally get, you know, at least one of the two games or two of the four games on Divisional Weekend where it goes down to the final seconds, the final possession, and of course that game very much marred by questionable, if not bad, officiating, and I know we're going to get into it, but more importantly... More importantly, I walk away going, I don't know who the better team was yesterday at Arrowhead. I don't know. Is there really? I I I know what reality tells me. I know what the box score tells me. I I know what, what, what is going to be. I challenge anybody to tell me that the Kansas City Chiefs were clearly and definitively the better team yesterday. I mean, Chris, I mean, look, in a game that goes down to a field goal basically at the gun, there doesn't have to be a huge difference between the two teams. Just Kansas City made one more play because Joseph Asai knocked Patrick Mahomes uh, into the, you know, bench warmers uh, on the sideline and ironically hurt himself a little bit on the same play because you could see him clutching at his knee uh, after the play. 
and the Butker field goal. Now, maybe he hits another field goal differently. He didn't get all of that ball that he kicked in the six-degree weather uh, yesterday in Kansas City. That ball, you know, creeps over the crossbar six or seven yards. If they don't get the 15-yard penalty, I don't believe Butker makes the field goal and we go to overtime uh, to decide this thing. There doesn't have to be a huge difference. They just made one more play. That's the beauty of two evenly matched teams in that situation. And again, when you have two evenly matched teams, a tie game, a big call or a big turnover usually often decides the game. And in this case, in a game that had some questionable calls, it was an obvious call in this game that ends up deciding it, ironically enough, as Kansas City eventually does enough to win the game. I'm not sure there is a great deal of difference between these two. I think if you said right now, we're going to pencil those two teams in again next year and play in the AFC Championship game, I think 80% of America and those not in uh, Baltimore or Pittsburgh and Cleveland, uh, uh, Buffalo would agree that that's a great possibility to get those two teams back again. Because here's the thing. We knew Cincinnati had the pieces. We knew they were a little bit better on defense this year. And... All of their skill people were coming back. Patrick Mahomes lost his major bread earner on offense. We didn't know if they were going to come back and be that good again. Well, guess what? They had every wide receiver seemingly hurt yesterday. They're they're at the end of the game trying to make plays with Kemp and Skylar Moore and guys like that. And guess what? Mahomes did. He gets down the field with those guys. And they do enough to win the game thanks to the penalty at the end, giving Butker the chance for a 45-yard field goal uh, that he puts in to win the game. But, I mean, I, I see no reason why we don't pencil one of these three te- one of those three teams in the AFC, Buffalo, uh, Kansas City, and Cincinnati. You can almost darn guarantee one of them is going to be in the AFC Championship game again next year. And every time you try to knock Kansas City out, you know, everybody would you know claim no Tyreek Hill this year. We'll see how they do. Well, they're they're just fine, and and that's the that's the beauty of what Andy Reid, Steve Spagnuolo, and the rest of that uh, team, both offensively and defensively, uh, were able to do in this game. Well, it also shows you, you know, again, you can't when you pay the quarterback, you can't pay everybody. One, mm-hmm. but the reason why, the reason why you pay the quarterback, is because the quarterback can o- usually can overcome injury and or defection via trade, via free agency, what have you, in a lot of cases if they're truly a a phenom, i.e. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Now... Yeah, Rodgers is a phenom too, but in this this game it applies to Mahomes. And Burrow both. But you saw, like, again, it doesn't always work. When you pay the quarterback, sometimes you leave yourself so bare... And that's where I was thinking, Aaron Rodgers, you leave yourself so bare that even though they barely missed the playoffs and they should have probably made the playoffs, we all know how bad the first half plus of the year was for the Green Bay Packers Mm -hmm. until some things started to change and Christian Watson came alive and Rodgers started to play a little bit better, so on and so forth, after they let Devontae Adams go. I guess my point is, is if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you can let Tyreek Hill go if if you're smart about how you replace him, number one, and two, 
if you have a phenom like Patrick Mahomes, and even though Mahomes does some things that drives you crazy, right? Like, uh, I mean, the, the you know the fumble out of his hand. Okay, that's gonna happen. There was like a little underhand, like pitch shovel toss shovel pass, that yeah. went high off the shoulder pad of. I think it was. I can't remember who it was, but but I think it was McKinnon. That was almost in. It, mm-hmm. I think it was McKinnon too. That was almost intercepted by the Bengals. That was almost a. Mahomes will do some things that drive you crazy in a game, one or two times usually per game. What Mahomes is able to do, though, and what maybe Josh Allen still needs to take that next step in, and what Joe Burrow, I think, even though he lost last night, is already shown an ability to do on a consistent basis, and then what everyone else is striving for, including you know, Justin Herbert, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, and anyone else you want to throw into the mix, at least on the AFC side, what those three guys have done, and again, Mahomes clearly number one, I think Burrow number two, Allen number three, is they can compensate for, again, not only defections via trade or free agency, also by injury and It's not just injury to others, but, of course, injury to themselves. And Mahomes, if you watch watch the Jaguars game, clearly he was not the same. Last night, I don't want to say that he was the same as Patrick Mahomes normally is. That would be unfair. But, Pete, he he looked a lot closer to Patrick Mahomes last night. Then certainly, well, I mean, it's a week of treatment. That's sure. a week of treatment and pain meds and sure. uh, rehab and all that stuff that allowed him to move around a little bit better. There were still there were still a handful of passes uh, that Mahomes you could tell because of his mechanics being affected by it. Balls that were behind a couple of people. I mean, he's got Valdez Scantling wide open on a play uh, on a route that he hits nine out of ten times, but because he can't plant foot plant the foot right, he can't follow through correctly. Mm-hmm. The ball sails behind the receiver. So there no was doubt. there was some there were some mechanical things for him last night uh, that hurt him at, at times but again it's a it's a situation where that guy took the ball and again the thing that separates him and Burrow from Allen in my opinion is and and the last you know again the last couple of weeks we have great evidence of, of from both of them Burrow fourth down and and he hits chase on the the deep ball down the the hash mark into double coverage and he throws a seed right to chase and Cook and the other DB are sitting there going, my gosh, how the hell did that just happen mm-hmm. to us? Uh, which is why it was surprising. Uh, you know, I think it was one drive later, Cook actually makes a play defensively because they kept picking on him because they kept, you know, they kept getting completions on him. And But you saw both of them. Neither guy folds in the moment. Neither guy. Doesn't matter whether they're, you know, 100% or not. Mentally, Chris, they compete in the moment. They are not fried mentally in the moment. And that's what separates you into that elite tier and then that next tier, which is excellent or very good. But that elite tier is a very rarefied air, and both of those guys are in that elite tier of quarterback play, and their their performances in championship moments continue to show us why they belong in that discussion there and are separating themselves from other quarterbacks right now in the league. All right, so quickly on that, not to get into a long debate, is Josh Allen absolutely in that elite tier? No. Okay. No. I agree with you. He's right on the border. 
He's number three, clearly, right? At least in terms of the AFC. If Mahomes and Burrow are one, two, you got to put Josh Allen over Justin Herbert, right? Yes, because you got to put him over Tua. He's led to more team success than both of them have had. Yes, you got to put him over Tua. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I mean, am I missing any? I mean, Trevor Lawrence too too quick. Not yet. Nobody else. I mean, I wouldn't put Lamar in that category, right? Not yet. Yeah. Um, so 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 you would say one two Mahomes Burrow, three Josh Allen. But how big is that gap between one and two? And the now only three? Shel- the, the only two on the top shelf are Mahomes and Burrow. Right. But how big is that gap between one and two? And then three. I don't think the gap between one and two is very big because no no no. no. Oh, you mean no, meaning meaning that one and, tier? What in other words, what like, does Allen have to do to get to right, that tier? I, I mean, I think we know what he has to do. He's got to play but better mentally. Is- I think he's got to play better mentally in, in some of these games. Right. Now, I think part of it, part of it though, is his organization has to help him in those moments because yesterday and the last and last week especially. With Mahomes hobbled, to to many people's surprise, Kansas City has other ways to attack you. Look at Pacheco's numbers, man. Pacheco mm-hmm. is really turning into this, you know, utility knife kind of guy that running, receiving, and he's really turning into kind of an unsung hero uh, on this team for Kansas City. Cincinnati has the ability to turn around and give it to Mixon once in a while. Have a productive running game. Buffalo has failed Josh Allen in that category. Okay? That's that's the main thing there and Buffalo's got to get better on the defensive side right. of the ball too, which which helps team success. Right. But right now, Allen has no counterpunch offensively if he can't get digs or Davis on an explosive play, they seem challenged right now on the offensive side. And that's something where that's where the organization has to help him. And part of that led to the extreme amount of turnovers for Josh Allen Correct. this year, which is part of the reason Correct. why Buffalo did not make that's, it all that's the That's part way. of the mental part, though, making Absolutely. better decisions, throwing the ball to the right place. You rarely see Mahomes or Burrow Throw the ball to the wrong guy. Throw the ball to the wrong place. Make a bad decision. Now, Burrow did have one terrible decision. Yes, uh, but I'm saying you don't. They don't make that mistake consistently. Consistently, yeah. right? You know, during the course of any game that they play, and that's why in the playoffs you see the two of them just continue to make elite plays, and their coaches trust them right. implicitly on any fourth down situation that they've got to get something done. All right, I wanted to ask you something before we get into the officiating controversy and we'll you know we'll um we'll, we'll hit that hard obviously because it was a mess 301-230-0980 301-230-0980 if you want to weigh in on that we'll get to the commander stuff later on just relax um nobody cares nobody cares about the commanders right uh, now Nobody cares, Chris. I mean, Chris. there's some juicy stories out there, potential, the, but... I wouldn't say juicy. But I care... I, I'm with you. I care much more about the AFC and right. NFC title games and the Super Bowl right now. Right. Now, here, here's one thing I want... Before we get to the officiating controversy, before we get to everything on the final sequence, am I being irresponsible by saying in a back-and-forth game, a tight game, a game that was... 3 0, 6 0, 6 3, 13 3, 13 6, 13 13, 20 to 13, 20 to 20, and then finally 23 20. It was kind of criminal 
to have Joe Mixon only run the ball eight nine, eight times. Mm-hmm. And Samaj P. Ryan, I'm telling you about Samaj P. Ryan, man, my favorite player. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about we'll him at 10, him at 10 o'clock. Touchdown at 10 with uh, Russell and Medhurst. Those two dopes okay. will ask me a bunch of questions about Samaj P. Ryan and Ryan Grant, man. I'm telling you. Ryan Grant might want to call the Ryan Grant might want to call the Chiefs. They need wide receiver help. I said said that on Twitter last night. I said, "Where's Ryan Grant when Mm. you need him? How about Josh Doxson? Let's pull him out of the woodwork." I I would take Ryan Grant over Josh Doxson any day. Uh, But anyway, criminal in in a way, right? For Cincinnati to run the ball only seventeen times in a mostly tight ball game total, and for Joe Mixon to have eight. Opportunities, yeah. I mean, for here, okay. Yards? I understand. I understand your point, but here's 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 the wrestling match that Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan were having yesterday. All right, we are scorching Cook out there. We are cooking Cook in the secondary almost any time we want to. They did it with Chase on one side. Right. They went right back to the same play, and they did it with right. Higgins on the other. After the first quarter, you're talking so, about because the first quarter was a disaster. So they knew they knew they had a matchup anytime they could get one of those guys on Cook that they could cook him. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there. That's Wait, where you the can cook, cook. That's where the play caller wrestles with, and this is again, you know, this is kind of the stuff that Scott Turner, uh, you know, if anything got in trouble with, I've got McLaurin, I've got Dotson, I've got Samuel. I know I can get a matchup with somebody against their secondary at any point. And oh, if I'm Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor, I've got Joe freaking Burrow. Okay, I'm not throwing the ball with Taylor Heineke or Carson Wentz. I'm throwing the ball with Joe freaking Burrow. Okay, so you get you fall in love with those matchups. But what was happening early? The only reason, the reason why I gave Kansas City the edge in this game. When I picked them on Friday, in the first half, that came to fruition because Chris Jones, who had never had, believe it or not, a postseason sack until yesterday. He was awesome yesterday. He dominated this game in the first half. He was so disruptive. The Chiefs as a whole were so disruptive. The issues along the offensive line, which weren't quite as magnified last week against Jacksonville, were magnified in that first half in particular. So... You're, you're Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan. You're thinking, all right, maybe we're maybe we should just try to keep looking for explosive plays. Maybe that's our ticket here because they didn't trust the offensive line. Clearly, the offensive, but the the problem was to get explosive plays, you need your offensive line to hold up. Mm-hmm. Okay, now they did a better job in the second half. They did they, well, really in the second quarter because I think they got sacked what four. I mean, it was four times in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was three times, four times in the first half. Right. They did get better. They got better as in the, the second game half. went along. Obviously, you make some, you you right. change some calls, you change right. protections to try and help. Uh, in particular, against Jones, who was just really tearing you apart. But maybe they didn't trust the offensive linemen that they had to run the ball more effectively. Because in theory, you're like, okay, well, hey, what's the best way to beat Patrick Mahomes? Keep him on the bench. But at the same time, what's the strength of your team? It's Burrow, it's Chase, right. it's Higgins. Now Boyd goes out. And Hayden Hurst. And Hurst. I, I, people want to nitpick at him on that play on the sideline late. I just think he got tackled. on the At the end of the first half? No, no, no. Late in the game, the fourth oh, quarter, that yeah, last yeah. drive. He didn't get out of bounds. Yeah. Um, and it cost him some time. But... I mean, I just think he got tackled in bounds. I have to look at it from the all twenty-two so you can see the full sideline view. But when you have those weapons, you want to play to those weapons, and you can't fall because if you if you lose if you lose 
and you only target Chase and Higgins so many times, then everybody's going to say, hey, how come you didn't try to utilize your best playmakers more? Understood. So that's the wrestling match that, that they went through. More than eight times for Mixon and maybe more than 17 times overall, I guess in theory it sounds great, but what's Cincinnati's strength? Cincinnati's strength is is the passing game Understood. and those but, guys. But their strength really is I, – I, I understand where you're coming from, but I'll, I'll make this last quick point, and then we'll get the break in, and then we'll talk about the officiating because there, there's a lot of meat on that bone. Their strength is how good they are at receiver and Joe Burrow? Absolutely. But as we talked about after the Buffalo game, and even with their offensive line injuries, the best way to cover up an offensive line that's half of what it used to be is to run the ball, one, and not ask them to hold up and pass protection against uh, Chris Jones and and company, right, Frank Clark and and, and everyone else. And then I, I, I agree that their passing game is their strength over a running game. But their real strength, at least the way I see it, is the balance and the mix where you can't key in like the Chiefs were early and pin in their ears back against an offensive line that, yes, played well last week, but again, did not have the same pass rush that they were facing last night. Meaning, without Von Miller, even though they were on the road in Buffalo, that Cincinnati offensive line was able to settle in early and quick, right, with a good mix, and then they started boom, 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 just wearing them out. Last night, they weren't able to settle in, A, a more hostile atmosphere, Arrowhead, and two, better pass rush. And again, that was kind of disappointing to me, if I'm just being honest. Like, I, I, and, and Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan do a lot of things right. And I get, I get that their passing game is really good. But their real identity, Pete, is to not be pass heavy versus run heavy. It's to have a good mix. And I didn't think they had a good mix last night. I'll counter your bad point when we return. We'll talk the officiating. And as we leave you heading to break, I believe Mr. Kelsey had a response from Mr. Burrow who thought it was Burrow ahead. That wasn't the way things were yesterday. Is that Ric Flair? We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I appreciate you. How about this? Beautiful trophy. Huh? 
Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party! Oh my goodness, the Kansas City and Philadelphia media, so jealous of the next two weeks. Philadelphia media gets to Andy Reid talking points for two weeks. I mean, I've listened to a ton of IP over the last couple of weeks, and they're just salivating, talking about Andy Reid. And the Kansas City and Philadelphia medias with the Kelsey brothers. I mean, you're going to get those two storylines ad nauseum over the next couple of weeks. But that's what Super Bowl hype and lead up is all about. That, of course, the great Travis Kelsey as uh, Kansas City knocks off Cincinnati uh, in a dramatic fashion, 23-20 late in the game yesterday to move to the Super Bowl. And and look, I mean, when you host five straight AFC championship games, I, I, I don't know. That's pretty good last time I checked. Uh, and they show no signs of, of letting up. I mean, if it's going to be a team, I, I think it is Cincinnati that derails that if that's ever going to happen. Um, but, you know, the, the fact remains yesterday, we will focus on – the call late that obviously gets Kansas City uh, the game-winning field goal. Ironically, that was one of the easiest calls of the day for the officials. There's mm-hmm. no question that you know they hit Mahomes out of bounds. But it's something I've said all year long as it pertains to protecting the quarterback. There's a play deep in Cincinnati's own end. They're trying to get out of their own end. Burrow gets hit. Probably three seconds after the ball is gone. I mean, it's 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 a legit. It's pretty clear. It's pretty legit. It's two. It's it. I know it's surely two seconds, mm-hmm. if not three. Okay, he gets tossed down, and he looks right at Torbert because right. the right. Uh, the referee. The only this is with the biggest misnomer. The only responsibility of the referee is first quarterback, and if he sees a holding penalty within his primary. Uh, mm-hmm. Vision. That's one of the reasons why they added the center judge back behind there with the referee, so the referee can be even more focused, hyper focused on the quarterback, and the center judge there helps out looking at the offensive line play. So for Torbert, and 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 every referee is different. There is no, I don't care how much you want to say that there's set criteria that they're looking for and all this other BS. It is so subjective with every referee. And every quarterback, Tom Brady gets tossed down three seconds after he throws the ball. 90% of referees are throwing the flag. Okay. And in that situation, Torbert should throw the flag on Kansas City for a roughing against Burrow in the end zone, basically, on that play. But that is so subjective. Just like, and I give Gene Steratore credit, I take umbrage with the caller that called Kevin in the 8 o'clock hour. Steratore is very honest, very fair. The interference call on Hilton yesterday in the fourth quarter, Gene said that that's not a very good call, that that should be a play on uh, in that situation. Gene is simply the, like the, the one where he kind of torqued his his uh, put waist his arm or, behind yeah. him, but he didn't really right. He didn't really like physically pull it or, turn him, which I is guess what torque is the wrong word. Right, which is what Gene is explaining right. there right. is when they tell you if that guy's got that arm there, right. that's one thing. It's what he does with that arm. Does he physically turn the receiver mm-hmm. 
So it puts him at a disadvantage to try and catch the ball. More often than not, throughout the course of the year, that gets a play on in a lot of places. But again, it's 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 subjectivity, okay? To one side judge, that's pass interference. To another, it might not be in that situation. And let's get rid of the all-star crew, can we? Because who has better chemistry? A, an officiating crew that has worked together all year? Or an all-star group that comes together late in the season working with each other and you're sort of trusting maybe that that guy's going to make the call and you don't throw your flag if you're the field judge or the side judge or the back judge. You know, crews that stay together the whole year should stay together in the playoffs because yeah, I I think... What if there's a weak link or two on on said crew? Then fire them. Give them out of the National Football that's League. That's fair. That, I mean, that that's an obvious. If there's answer. a weak link in our building, we yeah. we get fired. There's well, no. If there's a weak link in it, you get fired. If there's a weak link that you know, guy doesn't do his job at any other job. You know, after you know, hey, you know, we rated you a seven out of ten this week. You know, here's why. I mean, I watch the I watch basketball uh, observers do this all the time. I, I understand how that works. I talked to Gene about it at the Army Navy game. Um, in terms of what they're looking for, why they put together these all-star crews, you were getting after it with Gene. And, and I was look, e- I was eating. If, if I had found surprise, st- look, and Pete, Pete was over bending and if I wasn't, here, Paulson and I were over there talking to territory. And if I wouldn't have had to go on the air, I would have sat there for an even longer period of time talking to him because it was an educate. I mean, it's when you have a chance to talk to someone like that, it's a chance to educate yourself on what we're watching and why certain things go on uh, out there. It's the subjectivity of a lot of it from crew to crew. You know, you know, one side judge looking at it might be different from another side judge. But I think when you have a whole crew that works together, those guys work in concert with each other. That side judge trusts that the field judge is looking at the right thing or the side judge or the head linesman that are all looking at the right thing. They trust each other. And you don't necessarily have that in these all-star crews late in the year. So, you know, it's you can kill Torbert if you want for not taking his crew uh, during timeouts and saying, hey, fellas, we got to do better. I mean, because that's what the referee's got to do. The referee's got to take his crew and say, fellas, we got to do a better job at this. R- what you don't see in the playoffs, unless you're a nerd like me and Sheehan, the NFL has literally – an associate official, another referee. I think uh, Cleet Blakeman was on one sideline yes. yesterday. Well, or Clay, no, Clay, um, whatever the hell his last name. Clay, uh, he did a game last week, and Vinovich was on the other sideline because yep. yep. Bill did a game. And I think Bill, I think Bill could get the Super Bowl. I think Bill's best <clears throat> R in the league right now. And the guys that worked last weekend didn't they already? An- I think they already announced that. I don't know. Well, they said no. What they said not. last week was the crews that were working, the the officials that you had on the field last week were the ones that were in the pool to be considered for the Super Bowl. So I'd like to see Vinovich get it because I think Bill's the best R in the league. But uh, that's where Torbert Carl has... Ch- Carl Cheffers. Is- Cheffers is the Super Bowl referee? Yeah. That's BS. Yeah. That's not good. Uh, Carl Cheff... Is it Cheffers? Yeah, it's Cheffers. Cheffers. Uh, Roy Ellison is the umpire. Well, we, Jared- don't, we don't need that. Yeah. We don't need that. Yeah. Uh, to, but Vinovich is a leader on the field to me. And that's where Torbert's got to get with his guys and say, look, we got to pick this crap up. You know, we all look like crap right. out here right now uh, because of the way we're administrating this game. Well, we this, are ruining a good football well, game. Well, this is part of my problem, right? Like, to your point, 
You see it all the time during the playoffs. You don't see it, obviously, during the regular season. They don't have the capability of doing it. But you see the official standing there with one or both of the head coaches. Yeah. Like, literally right there. And with, yes. And with the audio, you know, the headset thing that presumably is capable of speaking to New York and presumably capable of speaking with the referee. It's the replay assist right. that we talk about. Right. And sometimes replay assist comes in and, and quickly adjudicates something to help them out. Let's do that all the time. Why, exactly. Why aren't we making more use of this? It's a gazillion dollar whether, industry. Let's do this. Let's get it right all the if time. If they're not going to have the eye in the sky at the stadium that we saw with the last version of the XFL or was it the US? I can't remember one of the leagues. If we're not going to have that at every NFL stadium where you have a another official that's literally looking at every play and immediately buzzing down if there's anything pro, you know wrong or problematic or whatever so that it's not always on the coaches, so that it's not always on a rigged timeout and challenge system. So that it's right Get it right if you're not going to have that. But if you're going to take the extra step of having extra referees or officials down on the sidelines with the microphone capability, hey, it's okay if you miss something. Nobody expects these officials to be perfect. Nobody. Here's the problem. While nobody expects these officials to be perfect, Pete, it's not even close to being good. It's like you can't even make an argument anymore. Like I used to be able to make an argument that the NFL officiating crews would probably get about 95-ish percent of the calls right. Pete, I, I, I mean, I have no way to prove this, but I'd be willing to say they're probably in the 80s right now. And, and, and that might be generous. Like it's gotten like, all right, there's so many problems here. You talk about the replay assist program. You talk about... Calls that can't be reviewed. You talk about angles of replays that New York can see, but the in-game officiating because can't allegedly see. Kyle didn't. Kyle's Correct. guys upstairs did not have a view on the Devonte Smith play yesterday they until it's too late. Right, they don't have the same access that New York has, but New York has it. New York has it. Freaking use it. It's got. There's got to be like. All right, let me let me just say this. Remember when everyone would scream, oh, if the NFL would just have full-time officials, full-time officials. So it makes everybody, no difference. Like a bunch they of penguins. They it, went to full-time officials. Yeah. Not not everyone is full-time, but they hired like 40 guys full-time. The, the officiating has gotten worse. Worse. It doesn't matter worse. whether you're a full-time official or not. Pass interference is pass interference. Holding is holding. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's this is, again, I mean, Go go watch the end. I'm sure you were far asleep by that time. But did you watch? I mean, Lakers Celtics at the I, end. The other I night. heard about it. I haven't seen it yet. But but I, I also love heard- Patrick Beverly. And look, I'm a referee. Okay, I'm a basketball referee, and I even found humor in this. Patrick Beverly went and got a photographer, still camera, walks back out onto the court, puts it in front of the referee, and he's pointing at it. He's pointing at it. That's why we started overtime with a technical foul free throw, because Pat Beverly brought the photo back onto the court. Because LeBron James got fouled at the end of the game. There's no doubt about it. So Now, somebody said, he, I, I again, I haven't seen this. He somebody said he, he walked, too. Uh, he traveled. Well, everybody does in the well, NBA. Yeah, I know, but. Okay. But he got fouled uh, up at the top. He got hit on the wrist. But here's the thing is 
Pass interference is pass interference. Holding is holding. Offsides is offsides. This epidemic now with tackles leaving early mm-hmm. before the ball is snapped. Okay? I don't care if you're rocking back with your shoulders, but when your footwork is getting an mm-hmm. advantage on that pass rusher by taking the full step back before the ball is actually snapped mm-hmm. and we're allowing you to get away with that, that's happening. It's not just a Lane Johnson thing. This is a thing we've seen the last couple of weeks in, in the playoffs in particular. That type of stuff, Chris, is the most basic forms of officiating. And I don't think it's age discriminatory either because I think, you know, you've got some 65 and older back judges and side judges and headlinesmen who are excellent officials. Okay. So it's not just an ageist type thing. Don't say it's, you know, somebody can't run fast enough. If, if, if I'm a receiver and it's pass interference against me, you know, that stuff is fairly cut and dry. If the defender puts the hand on the back, I mean, it's just like in basketball. Illegal contact is illegal contact. It doesn't have to be pass interference. Call it illegal contact. Illegal contact is the, in my opinion, is the far less penalty than pass interference. Pass interference has to be egregious in my mind. But illegal contact is there for you to give the DB the less, you know, the less amount of penalty on something, it's a five-yard penalty. Yes, it's a first down, but the other team only gets five yards. If you screw somebody on pass interference, that can be a bulk play, Chris, Mm -hmm. at any time. And in the NFL, it's a spot foul because in college, it's still only 15 yards. In the NFL, that's a spot foul. I throw a 40-yard ball down there, Mm -hmm. and if if I bump into you literally a split second before that ball gets there, and the, the official throws a flag, I've just given the opposition a 40-yard play against my team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, pass interference has to be egregious. Call the illegal contact. Five yards, first down, we keep playing. But because of the subjectivity of that call, as I come back to it, for one side judge thinks it's P.I., and another guy doesn't. And we see it all the time, week by week, Chris, in this sport. You take the same play they called against Hilton, uh, late in the fourth quarter yesterday. That same play is a 50-50 call in terms of percentages, I guarantee you, from week to week in the sport. And that's the problem with it, the inconsistent nature in which those types of calls are made. And then, of course, they're greatly magnified with conference championships on the line. The question is, what is the solution? We can sit here and criticize it, but is they're a solution other than like when players can't play anymore, we get new players. Officiating unions are strong. If a guy's been there a long time, he stays until he wants to go usually. But at some point, we need to start getting rid of people that can't do it. You know? And, and that's that's where I think we are in the NFL. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. Your thoughts on how we improve it. Don't just criticize it. How do we improve it? How do we take it to the next level? The players are going to the next level. How do we get the officiating to the next level? Chris has a look at what's trending. All right, so as we've been chatting about, the Kansas City Chiefs advancing to Super Bowl 57 with a last-second win 
at Arrowhead, not Burrowhead. Over the Cincinnati Bengals last night, Harrison Butker's game-winning field goal. The difference after a night of controversial officiating. And that's also, of course, on the top of everyone's mind. It is the first time the two top seeds will meet in the Super Bowl since 2017. That's because the Philadelphia Eagles easily disposed of Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, the NFL introducing playoff seeding in 1975. Since then, uh, the top seeds have only advanced to the Super Bowl only 13 times in that span. And again, this the first time since 2017. Super Bowl 57 right here on the Team 980, the Odyssey app. 13 days from right now, Super Sunday coming up. The last football game of the year. Meanwhile, the Washington Wizards continue to tear it up on the road. That's now three for three after beating New Orleans on Saturday night. Tonight, they try and do it right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. 745, the pregame coverage in San Antonio against the 14-36 and 36 San Antonio Spurs. And that's what's trending. There's no doubt it was subpar yesterday. Coincidental? Or is it a glaring issue and light on an even bigger problem developing for the National Football League? The quality of the officiating. And we can sit there, sure, we can criticize it. How do we make it better? Is there a way to make it better? Maybe we're barking up the wrong tree. Maybe it just, just like the players... You know, the players are human. They drop passes, they throw interceptions, they commit holding penalties. Well, maybe the officials are human too. And, I mean, again, as someone who's officiated multiple sports for years, I mean, at times, you know, you're human. You miss things. You don't see them. Uh, and, and, again, the problem is when it happens in an AFC and NFC championship game or the upcoming Super Bowl, it's magnified even greater. So, you know, my, my question, Chris, ultimately to you is, is – is there a way to improve the officiating other than having the eye in the sky, being able to come in and overrule a call, um, you know, at, at any point? Because I don't think adding an eighth official on the field or a ninth official on the field, I don't know if that's going to do yeah. that uh, the greater good either. The only system that I, I, I can possibly see improving this and working is, again – an official or two in a skybox that has all the acts immediate access like New York does to all of the different angles, okay, so that you avoid what Kyle Shanahan and his guys didn't mm-hmm. didn't see, couldn't see, even though they still should have called the timeout. Uh, like like I'm not, I'm not sitting here I'm totally absolving Kyle. Kyle has to know, hey, listen, we may not get a clear shot of this. I've got to at least call a time. It's the first freaking drive of the game. You don't need all those timeouts, right? Maybe you do, but you probably don't. You don't have to call a challenge, Pete, but if you call the timeout, what do you do? You buy yourself two or three minutes to get a another more definitive look, a different, or to get NFL officiating to get a different look so that – and this happened, which game was it yesterday? I can't even remember. Maybe it was both games where they called an initial penalty 
And then all of a sudden they're like, no, 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 no. We're, we're, we're not allowing – I think it was the Kansas City-Cincinnati game, and I can't remember the, the exact play, where they called the penalty. I think it was defensive pass interference, and they pick up the flag after the initial challenge was made by the opposing coach, right? The official the, – the, they. Uh, oh, you know what it was? I think it was on the um, Kadarius-Tony touchdown early in the game that was initially mm-hmm. ruled a touchdown. They were like, oh, no, 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 Like – we, we don't need to challenge this. It's not a catch. Replay assist came in and overruled it. Right. So so that's what we – whether it's replay assist, meaning another official on the sideline, I, pre, I prefer – this is me. I prefer two eyes or two people in a booth. And I understand logistically that's hard to do. You can do it. You can find people. They don't have to be 25-year officials to do this. You can find people up in a booth, in a sky booth, with all the technology that all of these NFL stadiums have and all the money and all the resources that the NFL has to say, listen, guys, that's a horrible freaking call. We we have to stop this game. We cannot allow this game to now if you want to look and, and we want to squeeze a couple of calls in here, but if even if you even if you even if you don't do it on the subjective, do it on the obvious. Like the Devontae Smith Fine. play, yeah. like the Kadarius Tony play, yeah. whether the ball hitting the ground or not, there's no subjectivity there. The ball, it's either a completion or it's not a completion. How, how about on the Joe Burrow drop back that you mentioned? How about the clipping the the <laughs> right in front of the Bengals bench on the big yeah. punt return that set up Butker on the on the yeah. game winning field goal? Sky Moore's return. I yeah. mean, my goodness, it was like like if a dope like me can see it in real time, I, how do they miss that? Sure, my guy Aaron Skolnick would love to have you out there officiating on the local front right now, doing football. I can see Russell out there as the back judge. Russell throwing his little weighted flag. Boom! Listen, I got PI. I don't see a lot of things that others see. I mean, I don't break down every single holding penalty. Like, I mean, if you go on Twitter, you can see every single perceived missed call. Yeah, sure. Not every call that's perceived or that looks like is you know is, is what it is. The obvious ones are the biggest problem. The ones that are not reviewable. The ones that a sideline official, even though they are literally not calling the game, they are calling the game or they are officiating the game. The ones that they are not seeing, that's what we've got to fix. Let's get Sabah in here before the break. What's up, Sabah? Long time no talk. I've been busy, but I've been listening. I've been listening. What's so, up, uh, Doc? I, I, we know uh, we know you've been listening, and we know you've been okay. busy, and we know you've been uh, building your your artillery to tell us that Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow are not better than Taylor Heineke. I got you. I got you. Well, I'm not going to say that, but I'm definitely <laughs> going to tell you that Jalen Hurts and Purdy and Josh Johnson aren't better than uh, Heineke. That I know for a fact. I mean, that's crazy to think curious, that Jalen Hurts uh, isn't better than Taylor Heineke. I he's mean, not. Yeah, he's, look, look he's at not, all the, he's um, not as great as he probably, his reputation is, he's better than Heineke. There's no reason that Heineke could have done exactly what Hurts has done with that team if he had the right coaching like Hurts has. Oh uh, I just wanted that pass that should have been overturned because Kyle had a huge mistake. Um, the wide receiver came right away and said, huddle, 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 and the defensive back said, incomplete, incomplete, hit the ground. He was pointed to the ground, and for Kyle not to throw that flag is huge, huge mistake. That was seven points that Hurts didn't even deserve. That was an inaccurate throw. And then uh, he th- overthrew another deep pass. If that was Heineke, my God, the whole world would have ended. And then um, he um, threw two interceptable passes that I can recall, if I'm not mistaken. One 
they intercepted it out of bounds, I think, and then um, the other one they just politely dropped, and then they call that penalty or something like that. Um, the point is, he did mostly running, which is fine. I mean, he's playing the position that his coaches told him to play. But to say that he's some elite guy that's going to get three hundred million dollars is comical, and I hope they pay him three hundred million so they can pay no one else, and then we'll see the real Jalen Hurts. So my point is all along that all we need to do, guys, is get in the playoffs. Everybody keeps saying, I don't want nine and eight and just be a wild card. Why? If we could have been in the Giants' position, if Taylor would have started from the beginning of the year, or even Sam Howell from the beginning of the year, and not that went, we could have been there getting this easy ride because you never know what happens in the playoffs. Anybody can get hurt. Anybody's quarterbacks can go out. Look what happened to Philly. They got gifted the Super Bowl. So I'm tired of people saying, don't get in the playoffs if you're not going to win it, if you're not great, if you're not elite. Just get in. Because if you get in, anything can happen. And that was what's frustrating me watching yesterday. I was so frustrated. That could have been us. That's what I got for you. Thanks. Right. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Doc. I mean, you know. Um, I mean, Doc is loyal to her man. I, I mean, But he's not I, better than Hurts. He's not better than Hurts. Jalen Hurts was a freaking great college quarterback. I, I mean, J- Jalen Hurts was – listen, he was not great yesterday in terms of throwing the football. He, like, no. I was talking to a, a, a current NFL coach, and he thinks – Jalen Hurts has lost some zip and some zing on 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 his fastball, and and well, me, that's what happens when you have a bum shoulder. And he's you. already admitted that he's not a hundred percent. And I actually pointed out early in the game, or actually in the first half, he overthrew not only the Devonte Smith controversial play that Kyle didn't challenge on fourth down, but also he overthrew a wide open. I think it was Devontae Smith again. I mean, he was wide open by five yards. It would have been an easy seven, and he overthrew him. So, I mean, if he's missing zip and zing and velocity, fine. That's accurate, I think. But he was also overthrowing guys yesterday, too. 3-1-2-3-0-0-9-80. Jay Gruden joins us next for Touchdown at 10 right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.